Welcome to your team with Sue and Steph. I'm Sue. And I'm Steph. We are the co-founders and owners of Your Teen Media, the resource for parenting tweens and teens. So Stephanie, I'm sitting on my bedroom floor because it's the only place I can find some quiet. How about you? Where are you? So I'm sitting at my dining room table. Wow. And uh, well, I've got two teens sleeping. I've got a puzzle going. I basically the the microphone looks like it's a part of my puzzle. It is kind of surrounded by puzzle pieces. So we are we are under extraordinary circumstances the whole world. And that is impacting how people are doing everyday business, including podcasting. So this is the first time Steph and I aren't looking at each other through a glass as we do our podcast. And we're going to give it our best shot. Okay, so I was thinking how many funny things you send me all day long. I don't know how you have <laughs> enough time or who's feeding you all of these. But you sent me one that my husband had already sent to me. And my husband... Dan was in the other room and I could hear him laughing so hard that before I even started this, I was laughing. Now, some should say I should have been a little offended by it, but I do, I do, I could replace some of this and still find it hysterically funny if it, if it was me on the other side of it. So I'm going to try voices because otherwise it's not as funny. So there's a narrator. He's going to be deep. And then there's a guy responding. I guess he'll be a tenor if I can pull this off. Because of coronavirus, you are going to... <laughs> okay, don't laugh. I want to do it. Okay, I'm okay. sorry. <laughs> no, I'm not going to be able to. <laughs> That's so mean. I was going to do it. Okay, hold on. I'm not laughing. I'm listening. Because of coronavirus, you're going to be quarantined. But you have a choice. A, do you quarantine with your wife and child? B, B... How did it work? Was it funny? <laughs> the funniest part was you doing the voice. <laughs> so now, anyway, I think I, that's, now I think you win the internet for trying okay, to I, do the meme. The only thing is that I do believe that it could be changed. And the same thing is you, you would be quarantined with your husband and child. And I would pick B, maybe. Oh, my God. So I have so many jokes in my head that I am not going to say any of them because I know it's too soon. But at no, some point... No, pick one of the ones that cracked yes. you up that you said. Okay. So I would say there is a video going around. And if you have not seen it, you must. And it is called My Wife in Quarantine by Dude Dad. And it is so funny. So it's this guy and he's wearing a wig. Sue, have you seen it? Did I send it? Uh, uh, possibly. Okay. okay. So it's like a two minute video and he is, he, he, he's playing his wife and he's dancing in the kitchen and he's singing my Corona, you know, and he's like, Oh, I made my own, this is going to, I made my own, um, cleanser. And this is going to have so many silver linings and this is so great. And then just, it starts to deteriorate as, you know, as the video goes on and it is so spot on. I, it's crazy. And I just, I, I have watched it a couple times each morning just to bring some levity to my life. So I highly recommend it. I sent it to a friend this morning and she was absolutely dying. And there's a whole scene where he or she goes to Target. And I, I just, I, I'm not even going to try and describe it. Just find it. Okay. It is so we're really all going to look for it. And then we'll go and listen to the podcast and give a thumbs up. Well, you will be listening if you heard this. So we're all going to go check this out and then let us know if you find it as funny as Stephanie does. <laughs> I find a lot of things funny. I also think- That's there, true. 
It is true. I also think there is something I've been calling the COVID effect, which is funny things I find funnier and sad things I find sadder. I feel like everything's an extreme. Heightened so, emotions at this moment. Yeah. So, so I was thinking we are going to be speaking with Dr. Tori Cordiano, and she's going to give us really excellent, excellent advice because everything Tori does is it always moves me and it always changes me. So I encourage everybody to stay on for that. But in the meantime, I think let's let's give a shout out for our wins. I think we're all like so worried about how this is going to play out and everybody's being so creative. And while this is going on, like I know in my family, I really have a lot of things to complain about, but the wins are, they're filling me. Like they make me really happy. So how about you, you want to start yeah. with that? Yeah, I love that. I was actually just sitting here thinking we had, so our younger son, our middle child turned 20 yesterday. Happy and, birthday, Ethan. Yeah, happy birthday, Ethan. And he said he woke up thinking it was going to be the worst day ever. And around 6.30 last night, a cavalcade of cars arrived in our driveway of his friends, each one in their own vehicle, playing happy birthday, blasting through the windows. And all of them just kind of hanging out of their individual cars. And that was, is so excellent. <laughs> it was so awesome. And he he absolutely loved it. And then later when we sang happy birthday, Tim, over his cake, we FaceTime brought all of our family members and all of his cousins in to sing happy birthday to him. It was really sweet and special. And, you know, as, as one of my friends said really eloquently, I'm actually pulling up the text. We were exchanging texts later in the day. And she said, you know, it may, I'm going to read it. What a great group of friends, maybe not the birthday he wanted, but one he will never forget. Yeah. And that's what people are saying in general about this time frame. I mean, it, we are living history. And so our kids, for our kids, this is, you know, for all the weddings that had to be modified and all the events that are being canceled, I, well, everyone will talk about it forever. Hopefully there are ways to turn the lemons into lemonade. So that was great. I'm so happy for Ethan. And in my house on Sunday, I said, okay, family meeting. And I threw out some ideas of what was going to make this work. And I suggested an hour of everyone helping clean up. That didn't really go over well. <laughs> everyone did a little something, but not exactly what I was hoping for. But that one of my kids said, how about we each take one task for the week and we're in charge of it. So we oh, wrote that's down. Lovely. Yeah. So we wrote down set clear table. So one kid's doing the setting and the clearing for each dinner. This is only for dinner, but I don't care. And then someone is loading the dishwasher, someone's unloading the dishwasher, and then someone is in charge of all the food ordering because we're, we put together a menu of dinners for the week. The interesting part is I'm still working as hard as I was before, but I'm so grateful that I'm not minding it. Like when yeah. someone's there put, load, loading the dishwasher, I don't mind helping at all. But I, I don't feel like I've been, you know, like put in isolation as I'm taking care of the dishwasher while everybody else is playing a game. So we've had two nights and everybody's been doing it and we'll change it up next week. I love that. And I think it it is a physical display and maybe an emotional display too of that, hey guys, we're all in this together. Yeah. We're all yeah. experiencing this. And I love that. It's just, re it's reinforcing, frankly, I mean, it just, to me, I look at your, you know, of course I'm quote an outsider, but insider because I've known you for so long, but it's, you know, it, it is kind of just what maybe in a different way, what your, how your family comes together. Well, I think every, I mean, there's indications that many families are trying to do something similar to that in, in whatever works for their family. Now I want to put out there, we've had some big fails, like really big, bad moments. 
but yep. but to that I would say too soon to talk about <laughs> publicly. <laughs> exactly. Um, exactly. So hopefully it's time when I hear us bring something up from this quarantine time and we all laugh about it, then I will share it on the podcast. <laughs> right, right. Well, and I think the other thing, and it's it speaks to, I'm going to guess where Tori may say something about this and many of our experts, which is just acknowledging how sucky it is for everybody. Not, you know, are there silver linings? Of course. And are there great things? Of course. But does this suck? Of course. And I, and I think that's okay. Okay, so thanks everybody. We are going to have a wonderful interview with Dr. Tori Cordiano. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Sue Borison, and I'm here with Dr. Tori Cordiano. And we are thrilled to have you with us, Tori. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing right now. Thank you for having me. So right now I am at home trying to figure out how to manage my practice while also homeschooling my three kids. In my regular life, I am a clinical psychologist. I have a private practice in Beachwood where I see children, teenagers, and families for therapy. I do a lot of evaluations for learning and ADHD. I'm also a consulting psychologist for Laurel School in Shaker Heights, and I'm the director of research for Laurel Center for Research on Girls. Excellent. You are a prize in our community, and we are grateful to have you on with us right now. Oh, thank you. Um, and I want to start with, you know, we're experiencing times that we've never, none of us have lived through before, um, and there's so much disruption to any routine that we've gotten used to. And as parents, we're all kind of trying to figure out what does that look like for our kids? Any thoughts on that? Yeah. I have many, many thoughts on this. I've been thinking about this a lot and talking with colleagues about this and experiencing this as a parent, but also as a psychologist and as someone who works in the schools. So thinking about this from lots of different angles. And I think some of the things that I'm, I've landed on that are helping me to get through that I also think are going to be helpful for the families that I work with are to, to keep our expectations very reasonable in this time, to you know have a plan of how we, in our best intentions, want to handle the coming days and structure and a schedule and routine and all of those good things, but to expect that we are not going to get this right in the sense that we want to do it a certain way every single day, to give ourselves a lot of grace and to extend that to our kids as well, because they are really struggling. I love the word grace. So my kids are making their way back home from around the country. And as each one decides to come home, someone says, oh my God, how are we all going to live in this house together? <laughs> um, and so I said, we're going to bring our A game. Yep. But in, instead, I love saying like just having grace here. So yep. what does that actually look like though? I mean, we all, when, you know, we all said, how do we avoid fighting? Mm. And maybe that's not really the goal. I don't know. Yeah, I think anytime we're thinking in the, the extremes of, okay, how do we avoid fighting altogether? Or how do we stick to the schedule exactly? We're going to fall short. Uh, so we can certainly say our best plans. You know, in, in our family, we've talked about we're going to go out of our way to be extra kind to each other and use that as a benchmark. And we've given specific examples of what that looks like. But it means if your sister is annoying you, then check your first response, which might be to snap at her and to pause and take a deep breath before you respond. And to understand that we are all probably going to be snapping at each other a little bit more than usual. We're in close quarters. Our routine is gone in the sense that we, that we are used to having it. I think especially in the, in the first 
first few days while we're trying to establish routine to grace would mean expecting that we are going to need to course correct, that we're going to need to make mistakes and, and learn from them. In some ways, I think this is the best sort of growth mindset teacher that we could have possibly imagined that we will make mistakes. And the only way that we are going to get through this in a semblance of how we want to is to, to learn from those mistakes. So we're getting kids in a, in a house where there's dynamics set in place. And some of it might include like a snapping at each other or, you know, a history of a relationship. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to kind of change that instantaneously. Mm-hmm. What, what is the way that you te- tell a teenager when, you know, we all know the dynamics in our own family. So if there's a particular dynamic between two kids, what can we say to them that... Mm-hmm elevates them during this time? I think a couple of things. You know, first, in just in terms of logistical boundaries, um, to, to really create space that is their own and remind them if they're not used to living together or they haven't been together in this way for, you know, more than a week or two at a time in the, in the past several years, to remind them that it's really important to be able to retreat to their own space when they need it and to offer others that same respect. So hopefully, you know, in, in most houses, if it's not your own bedroom, there's at least some corner of the house that can be sort of your space if you need it and when you need it, where that is your kind of private space to be and, and recoup. It also means, you know, when talking with teenagers from a sort of a higher sense of tapping into how they contribute during this time. So there's a lot of talk about social distancing being the way that we protect not just ourselves, but our community, our broader community. And you can talk about your family in that same way. So part of your effort in this is keeping everyone's well-being at the highest level that you can, which means going out of your way to extend a little bit more kindness, to give each other a little bit more space, to offer a little bit more forgiveness, because that will help us to feel our best, which in turn allows us to keep up the good habits that are going to get us through these next weeks or months. And when there are times where we're also, we're feeling vulnerable ourselves as Mm -hmm. parents and our teenagers, walking away, like is, is that a... Yeah. Yeah. And to probably come up with some sort of shorthand in your family of maybe it's, maybe it's a certain gesture that you guys agree on or a certain sort of word of, even if I'm not able to articulate, I need some space. I'm having a hard time with this right now that you can, you know, flash that gesture or say that word or two. And it's sort of the code for the family of it's getting a little too hot. We need to kind of give each other some space and and retreat until we're able to deal with this a little bit more calmly. I've heard of families doing that. I I imagine saying it to my kids and they would think it was so hokey. You know, I think that that's maybe true for many families and especially in in general daily life. I think this is a sort of drastic times, drastic, drastic measures sort of situation. And maybe you guys have a conversation within your family and for every family of kind of figuring out what is this going to look like for us? So the recommendation for sticking to a structure and a routine. Yes, absolutely, all day long. What is that going to look like for us? The recommendation of going out of our way to give each other some space or or be extra kind or do things that are going to be helpful. How do we make that work within our family? And take it down to the ground. Make it as specific as you can so that everyone is sort of using the same language and on the same page about what that means. So is there a way for us to take this situation and reframe it because right now they're dealing with so much loss, everything, Mm. I mean, prom for kids and senior year and so many big moments are, are being canceled. And so there, there is a sense, a big sense of loss. Is there a way for us as parents to help our kids 
reframe that? Yeah, I think there there is, there's space for that. And, and that's going to be important as we move through this. But it's also important before we get to the reframing to really just allow them to sit in that loss and to grieve it. And, you know, we are all feeling some sort of loss or disappointment, but it's hard to really place yourself back into the shoes of a 17-year-old who is counting on those last few weeks at school. But to really kind of tap into what that feels like for them. Um, you know, my husband and I were talking about the other day of those last few weeks in college after spring break, what a special, almost sacred time that felt like and how horrible it feels to know that students aren't going to be getting that in the way that they were expecting. So yes, there will be plenty of time to reframe and we can help them to do that. But we also just need to give them some space to grieve what they're going through and to allow them to be angry and disappointed and sad and uncertain and confused and all of those things. So now compassion is is what we should be sharing with our kids right now. What would it look like? And, and how much time do you let your kids mm-hmm. like, feel this loss? I mean, you know, it's the kind of thing that it's obvious to some people and especially someone who works with teenagers all the time. Mm-hmm. But I can lose my patience pretty quickly mm-hmm. in that tolerating something oh. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm very sad and sad and sad and sad and sad. What mm-hmm. is there a healthy amount of time when you yeah. kind of say, okay, let's kick into another mode? Yeah, you know, I think rather than it being a certain amount of time, because that's going to look different for, for every person, you know, teenagers and adults, I think we can, we can view it as sort of a both and kind of situation. So we can be grieving this and we can be sad and really disappointed and angry and just, you know, all of those things. But at the same time, we can still say, you know, I, I, I see you feeling that way. And I'm so sorry, this is the way it's playing out. We're going to go, you know, whatever it is that we're still able to do, we're going to go for a walk around the block, we're going to do a yoga video, we're going to FaceTime grandma, we're going to, you know, do these things. Let's think about what are the things that might help you to feel good at this time too, so that while you're having these totally normal, acceptable, understandable feelings, you've got some life preservers to hang on to. So the difference is that we don't want them to be just wallowing in it and without a way to help themselves to feel better. So yes, let's ha- let, let them have those feelings, but let's also try to scaffold some coping around them so that they have some resources while they're in the midst of those feelings. Really helpful. TikTok challenge. I just want to put it out there because it's so insane. I doubt there's a whole lot you need to say about it, but <laughs> there apparently is a TikTok challenge challenging kids to go around and lick a public toilet seat. Good Lord. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how much I have to say about that. I guess hopefully the good news is most kids are not going to be around many public toilet seats for the next few weeks. Let's hope. Fingers crossed. But, you know, I think one thing we need to tap into, and this is probably just as important for kids as it is for adults and the adults that are taking care of teenagers, is to really think about how we're using social media during this time. You know, it's going to become a lifeline in a way that it wasn't for people. And and it's going to be important for us in our ability to connect to friends, to family members, to our broader community. But there is certainly a point of diminishing return of how much we're using it and what it's displacing. So we want to make sure that we allow kids that, that you help them find that balance of let's use it to stay connected, let's use it to stay informed, let's use it to continue to foster those relationships and get some levity or you know whatever it is. But let's also find the times where it's important that we're all putting our phone away, that we are all choosing to do something else. And whether it's you know the news or Instagram or TikTok or any of those things, having some limits in, in talking about what that means for your family 
not different than if it was a typical school week. You know, what limits would you have on them using their phones or their computers or their, you know, iPads or any of those things to continue to have that structure in place? So like some people are saying, well, because it's such desperate times, let your kids be online and gaming. You would say still have boundaries on that. Still absolutely have boundaries. And those boundaries may look different than what it looks like in a typical school week. I think every family will find their way in that, but it is going to feel very strange for, for teenagers if all the boundaries go out the window, all the structure, all the consistency, all the limits on technology go out the window. That's going to feel very strange and, and unsettling to them. It's not good for them and they know it's not good for them, even if they would say otherwise. So as parents, it's going to be our job to continue to hold the boundaries in whatever shape that looks like. It doesn't have to look exactly the same as typical routine, but some boundaries and limits should definitely still be in place. Reframing it that way is so helpful for me as a parent, because then I I remember that boundaries are healthy for my kid and that Mm -hmm. I'm the adult who's supposed to impose those boundaries. So Mm -hmm. that's really helpful. Our kids don't have any of the outlets that they had if they were on a sports team or in theater, any of those things. You know, do we let them do more than maybe the recommendations are if they want to go jogging with a group of guys or, you know, like those kind of things that can replace what they're used to? Yeah. You know, I I will refrain from making any recommendations that have to do with how close people can get and encourage people to follow, you know, whatever the CDC is saying. But I will say, I think it's good to get creative about these sorts of things. You know, I was talking um, with some families and granted our kids are younger, but I think you could still do variations of this where kids are having scooter races from opposite sides of the street. And so that kind of thing of like, all right, we're going on a jog together and maybe we're, you know, I'm running on the sidewalk and, you know, you're running on the other side of the sidewalk and we're taking the same route there's value in still being in the presence of people, even if that presence is within, you know, apart uh, more than six feet from each other. There's value in doing it in that way. Okay, I want to end on like a, a larger note of how do we take this time to teach our kids about what it means to be global citizens and mm-hmm. that there is something bigger in this moment that we can all be. Is that even in the mindset of an adolescent brain? It can be. There's the potential for that. We, the research tells us that purpose is really meaningful for teenagers, that part of the work of adolescents is sort of finding their sense of purpose and what they feel is very important to them. This is not something that any of them asked for, and yet it's been put upon them in a way that they are having to you know, attempt to find some meaning in. And finding meaning in it can be a way to kind of mitigate a little bit of the disappointment and sadness and grief that they're going to feel about what they're missing out on. So we can certainly have conversations about what it means in terms of our broader community, our broader world by taking space from each other, by you know doing social distancing and taking the measures that are going to keep us safe and healthy. And to have that be less of a lecture and more of a conversation, the way to get teenagers to tune out from that is to start, you know, to put on the lecture face and to start, you know, talking about it in those terms. But to have it be a conversation about, you know, I've thought about it in this way, or I've I've read a couple of things. Is this something that's crossed your mind? When you think about, you know, your, our sort of duty to the community, does that, does that resonate with you? Does that, you know, what, how are you thinking about that? To treat adolescents with the respect that they can be thinking about this, maybe thinking about it in different ways than you can. And in fact, maybe thinking about it in in different and more creative and kind of inspiring ways than, than some adults are. So to have it be a collaborative conversation instead of a lecture is a way to, you know, really sort of bring some meaning to a really tough situation. I feel really inspired by everything you just said. Um, And I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to our audience. Thank you so much, Dr. Tori Cordiano. Absolutely. Thank you for all that you guys do. 
Thanks for joining us for Your Teen with Sue and Steph. If you have any topics that you want us to talk about, let us know on our Facebook page or email editor at yourteenmag.com. Also, if you want to receive our newsletter, head on over to yourteenmag.com. Your Teen with Sue and Steph is a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Special thanks to executive producer Michael D'Aloya, plus producer Hannah Leach and audio engineer Eric Coltnow. If you like today's podcast, please leave us an iTunes review or send the episode to a friend. You can find more from us at yourteenmag.com, at evergreenpodcast.com, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Hi, my name is Sarah, and I want to tell you about my podcast called Can I Offer You Some Feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, avoiding, or seeking. Feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. I'll also be sharing business bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com.